Well, this morning, as Pastor Chuck said, we're super excited about today. If we haven't met yet, my name's Bobby. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. And if it's okay with you, is it all right if we start by celebrating a few things that God has done this fall? Would that be okay with you guys? I see one no and a bunch of yeses, so we'll pray for you. But uh, on this last Sunday, it's hard to imagine that this is the last Sunday of the decade. And I thought just briefly, this is not exhaustive, but real briefly, just to tell you about a couple of things that God has done. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. I know there's a lot of people traveling, a lot of people wrapping up time away. So if you're watching online or listening to the replay, thanks for being part. If you're here in the room, you picked a great day to be here. Let me tell you a couple of stats that we're super pumped about. We started sort of the fall season at the end of September with what we call Celebrate Sugar Hill. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this for a while now. We've been wondering what would happen if we went across the street. We had 1,300 or so people show up at the bowl for an outdoor service, which we thought was pretty cool. How many of you were there? How many of you were there? Uh, do you remember how hot it was? Don't you wish you could lose some of that weight now after the holidays, we could sweat it off. But it was a fantastic day. In fact, I've gotten to become friends with some folks that uh, first heard about our church because of Celebrate Sugar Hill, which has been very, very cool. And then uh, in October, we had what we call a date night. So we had close to 175 or so people in this room and it was a night full of laughter and joy and some really practical teaching on how to really invest in the most important earthly relationship we have on this earth if you're married. Uh, we also celebrated a number of baptisms. We celebrated over 105 baptisms this last year, which we think is incredible. People's story of faith saying we put our faith in Jesus. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Lisa Harper here for our December edition of Flourish. Ladies, where are you? Let me hear you guys. Uh, she's incredible. She is so sought after as a Bible teacher and it was just a fun night, over 300 ladies in this room and just a joy. Our kids ministry helped kicked off the Christmas season. We're all here uh, when our kids were across the stage singing for us, what a great start. Uh, our kids ministry has just been incredible. Sugar Hill Espanol actually kicked off the season with what they call Noche Divina and they actually celebrate, this year's theme was uh, a night of peace, Noche de Paz, and they had over 300 people in the chapel for their night of worship, which we think is so incredible. We show them some love this morning. Uh, what an incredible ministry. And of course, they had food afterwards because you can't have a Latino service without food afterwards, which is why I may look pasty white, but I'm a little bit Latino, a little Latino. Uh, we also had a parent-child dedication not too long ago. We kind of enjoy to be able to partner with families, and we do this a couple of times a year. Our Shine Ministry flourished this year. We reached more families and more friends through our Shine Ministry this year than ever before. We had some generous friends of the ministry uh, help create some uh, space coming up in 2020 that we can't wait to tell you about. We also had our 55 and up gathering for our Christmas luncheon. We don't ever uh, card anybody when they come in the building, but man, we love it. We We've got uh, just a wonderful group of almost retired or recently retired to uh, being retired a while. And it's been a great mix. Had a wonderful, wonderful uh, meal together. Our college ministry and our student ministry, they had great Christmas parties and have seen people come to faith uh, throughout the season. You guys served in a big way, especially in September, October, November, December. In fact, I'm gonna pause on that stat and wait till Pastor Chuck in the next couple of weeks. And so we'll tell you more about just the way you guys have incredibly served. And then on Sunday mornings, we've called, um, let me grab this one. 
we've been in a teaching series on Sunday mornings called The Great Gift Exchange. And so Pastor Chuck has led us so, so well through that. Would y'all show some love to Pastor Chuck and for how he's led us so well. And then he already mentioned Christmas Eve gatherings, our first time to do 3, 5, and then 11 p.m. And, and you guys showed up in a big way. And here's the stats I really wanted to hang out on for a second. We've had over 300 salvations this year. 300 people giving their lives to Christ. More than 186 people saying, I want this to be my church home, which we think is incredible. Taking that next step. And 105 baptisms this year. Is that not incredible? 105. And so we're just so excited. We, uh, we couldn't be more proud of what God has done in and through you this season. And yet, at the same time, I believe the best is yet to come. Are you all with me on that? I believe the best is yet to come. And so 2020 is going to be exciting with your best year. We have new groups launching uh, starting the end of January. We're adding in a new marriage track uh, to our lineup. We have a new men's group that's kicking off. We've got a group for new believers and for those that just want to be grounded in the essentials of faith. We've got more to tell you about, but man, we just want to take a moment and just celebrate that together. Can we take a moment and just say, thank you, God, for all that you've done in 2019 and just celebrate that together. Amen. Well, this morning as we dive in, I don't know if any of y'all have felt the need for a reset. Anybody else there with me? I sort of threw it out there on social media yesterday. Like, does anybody else feel this? Like, you need a reset. And the truth is, everything needs a reset from time to time. So this morning, our soundboard decided it was going to do a major hard reset. And so it's like, awesome. That's a great way to start the day. Uh, sometimes our phones need resets. Have you learned the trick that if you hold down the power button for like 10 seconds, then it'll pop up and ask you, do you want to power it off, right? So that happens. Some of you know, uh, in computer world, there's uh, three buttons that you hold down for a reset. What are those? How many of you just said Control-Alt-Delete? Raise your hands. Can we pause and pray for these PC users that they would convert to Mac one day? <laughs> Special prayer time. Never, never. Uh, so Control-Alt-Delete, that's the master reset on the computer. Even my car needs a reset. So my little GPS radio thing sometimes wigs out. And so I need to reset it. And the only way I know to reset it is to turn off the car, pull the key out, and then open the door because everything doesn't turn off until you open the door. And so sometimes we just need a reset. Well, the question this morning is, how do you not reset your phone not just reset your computer or not just reset your car, but the question really is, how do you reset your soul? I mean, what do you do for that? What do you do when you feel like there's something missing inside of you? Or what do you do when it feels like your prayers just don't make it past the ceiling? What do you do if it feels like you've been wrestling with the same drama and the same addictions and the same just unhealthy patterns in your life? What do you do to reset your soul? Well, this morning, I just want to hang out and, and just in a very practical way, teach you what it looks like to need one and how to do it. In fact, in Matthew chapter 17, if you want to follow along, in Matthew 17, Jesus's own followers, the disciples needed a reset. They had had seasons of success. They had had seasons where everything was going great. Uh, they were able to do unbelievable things. They were on top of the world, so to speak. But at some point, things didn't work anymore for them. 
At some point, the thing that they thought they could do, the thing that they thought they were gonna be able to pull off, they weren't able to, and they come to Jesus, they're like, Jesus, what's the deal? What's the problem? What's wrong? And essentially, Jesus teaches them that even they, as followers of him, needed a reset. If you have your Bibles, look at it in Matthew chapter 17, or if you wanna follow along on the screens as well. In Matthew 17, it says this in verse 14, and when they came to the crowd, so this is Jesus traveling with the disciples. In fact, if you back up to the beginning of the chapter, Jesus has hung out with just a few of them uh, on top of a mountain. They literally had a mountaintop experience. They were so close to Jesus. They saw an amazing transfiguration happen. Now they're off the mountain. Now they're traveling back into ministry. And it says in verse 15, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son. So this is very personal for him. This wasn't some abstract object lesson. This was his own son had a problem. Well, listen to what it goes on to say about him. It says, uh, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and look at this phrase, and they could not heal him. So in other words, he has this problem. He has a son that has this issue. The son has seizures. The son's seizures isn't just, hey, he faints, he just falls, but it's very dangerous for him. He could die because of this. And so this man goes to the disciples, the disciples who had been commissioned by Jesus to be able to cast out demons and to do amazing miracles. They brought, they brought a son to them and they couldn't do anything about it. And so this man brings him to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says, verse 16. He says, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Verse 17, and Jesus answered, look at this phrase, O faithless and twisted generation. It's almost like he's frustrated in this moment. It's almost like, I, I don't know if you hear it when you read the text, but it's almost like, he's like, are you kidding me? I, I, I've already commissioned them to be able to do this. I've given them authority to do this. I've given them the power and the faith to do this. And now they couldn't do it. He's like, you faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And so the, the man does it. The man brings him his son and Jesus does what the disciples were not able to do. Jesus heals the boy instantly. And the disciples are confused. The disciples are like, what's the deal? The disciples are, their, their faith is shaken. Why couldn't we do this? And in this moment, Jesus shows us why we need a, a reset. Jesus shows us how we get a reset and he shows us what to do in the middle of the reset. And so this morning, I'm gonna invite you to take the handout, sort of the message notes on the backside and just take some notes. Again, if you're a note taker, as Pastor Chuck said, I wanna give you a lot of notes this morning, but give you some practical next steps towards the end. The first thing that we see this morning is why do we need the reset? Why would we come to the end of 2019 and get ready to 2020 and say, I need a reset? What would be the sign or what would be the symptom that we need a reset? Well, when the disciples come to Jesus and, they, and, and they're confused, and when this man comes to Jesus and says, your disciples were unable to heal him, Jesus basically tells them, here's the problem. Jesus basically says to them, here's why you need the reset. Jesus points out two reasons. Check out this verse again. Jesus says, you are faithless and you are twisted. 
In fact, if you're a note taker, just write down those two words, just write down faithless and twisted. And let me give you some definitions that go with that. So if you're thinking about this idea, I need a reset, I need a reboot, I need to get ready for 2020, that word faithless literally means we're not connected enough to God himself. It literally means we're not connected enough with God. In other words, we're disconnected. In other words, we've drifted. In other words, we're further away from him than we are meant to be. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. These aren't lost people. These aren't uh, crowd people. These are people that have walked with him, that know him, that have been around him. And yet Jesus says to these guys that should have been closest to him as anybody else, he says, somewhere along the way, you're not connected enough to God. This is why they needed a reset. You are faithless. And so what happens when you're not connected enough to God is your faith begins to decrease. When you're not connected enough to God, you become a doubter. When you're not connected enough to God, fear sets in and self-sufficiency sets in. And what begins to happen is you become known as faithless. And then the second piece of the problem, he says, not only are you faithless, but you are twisted. Well, if you're taking notes, the definition for twisted is we are too connected to the world. We're too connected to the world. It reminds us of what Paul says later in the New Testament. We are in this world, but not to be of this world. And it's this reminder that while we're on this earth, this earth is not our final home. And so we're not supposed to look like the rest of the world around us. And so when Jesus is describing this problem, he says, here's the problem. You are not connected enough to God. You are further away from God than you are meant to be, and you are too close to the world. Do you see how these two things go together? He says, you're far away from God and you're too close to the world. And why he calls that twisted is because what begins to happen is when you're too far from God and you're too close to the world, what begins to happen is you start thinking like the rest of the world. You start feeling like the rest of the world. You start prioritizing the things that the world says are a priority and you begin looking more like the world than like God. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? This is why we need a reset. Because if you're anything like me, I need a reset. When I look at my life, 2019 has been incredible. And yet I can see in my life, just like the old hymn says, that we are prone to wander. That In my own life, there are areas of my life where I'm not close enough to God and I'm too close to the world and my faith has decreased and I've taken on some things that I wish I had enough. And so in my life, I see myself, I need that kind of reset. Now, you don't need me to tell you what my reset is, but what I would encourage you to do is to ask the Holy Spirit to show you in your own life, to pray a simple prayer, to say, Holy Spirit, would you show me where I have gotten too close to the world? Holy Spirit, would you show me where I'm not connected enough to God? Would you reveal that to me? Because the Holy Spirit will do that. God will point out in your life and he'll put pressure on areas of your life where you've drifted from God and you've gotten too connected to the world. Maybe you you found yourself getting too worldly or maybe you found yourself watching some things or listening to some things or going to some places that you shouldn't. Maybe you've been listening to things that aren't healthy or wholesome. Maybe you aren't treating relationships and and God and the priority that God's created you to. And in our lives, we end up getting pulled and we end up becoming faithless and twisted. This is why we need a reset that while we're still on this earth, God's not done with us. 
while we still got breath in our lungs, God's still working on us. And the goal is that we would continue to become more like him. And so we got to start with the problem of why do I need a reset? Here's what Jesus says to them in verse 19. The disciples come to Jesus and they ask him privately. They say, why could we not cast it out? He said, because of your little faith. So Jesus doesn't just stop with the problem. Jesus doesn't just say, well, you're faithless and twisted. See you later. Have a great day. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't just say, good luck with that. But he doesn't just show the problem, but he shows the solution. So if you're a note taker, number one, why do we need a reset? Because we've become faithless and twisted. What do we do to reset? What do we do to reset? Well, listen to what Jesus says. As he's talking to disciples, he says to them in verse 19, when they ask him, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your little faith. And so he's talking to these disciples that have been around him. They've seen him do amazing things. And Jesus says to them, because you have little faith, you've become faithless, you've become twisted. He says, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you that if you would have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing, listen to this, and nothing will be impossible for you. Think about this. They're frustrated because something they thought they could do didn't happen. They're frustrated because they couldn't heal this boy. They're frustrated and they're embarrassed. So they ask Jesus in private, why wouldn't this happen? And Jesus says to his disciples, your faith is gone. If you would have had just a little bit of faith, if you would have had faith, even if it was as small as a mustard seed, you'd be able to do anything. You'd be able to say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And then he ends this passage in verse 21 with this one little phrase. It's also found in Mark chapter 9. It says, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. When we ask the question, how do we hit reset? When we ask the question, how do I reboot my soul? How do I, how, how, how do I restart what God's trying to do inside of me? How do I renew my faith and grow? Jesus says, the problem is you're faithless and twisted. And he says, here's the solution to it. It is prayer and fasting. So he tells us the problem. The problem is you're too far from God and you're too close to the world. You're not walking with him daily and you're looking like the rest of the world around you. And so here's the solution, prayer and fasting. And so if you're a note taker, just write down prayer and fasting. Let me give you a definition of each of these, just a simple one. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. That if you want to connect with your heavenly father, you've got to spend time with him. And prayer is one of those ways that we do that. We spend time with him. And what happens is prayer connects us to God. See, in any relationship, if you want a relationship to grow, you have to spend time with that person. When my wife, Laura, and I started dating back in 2009, I was, uh, we lived about 45 minutes apart. I was traveling a good bit, but I knew if I want this relationship to grow, we've got to spend time communicating. We've got to spend time on the phone. We've got to spend time on FaceTime because when you spend time with somebody, guess what happens? That relationship, what? It grows. The same thing with the coworkers. I love it whenever I'm able to hang out with our team outside of normal work hours, because when you're just out doing something else, uh, what begins to happen is those relationships grow. In fact, a few weeks ago, part of our team uh, went out and we did the whole ax throwing thing. Have y'all done that yet? 
And I don't know if I should be proud of this or if I should be scared of this, but Pastor Chuck is really good at throwing an ax. Really good. I'm gonna stay on his good side because of that. But what happens in those moments when we spend time together as a team of our meal just goofing off is that relationship grows and guess what grows with it? Trust. Well, that's what happens with our heavenly father is he's saying, look, here's the solution. If, if the problem is you're too far from God, then add in the solution of prayer. Why? Because prayer connects us to God. And then the second one, fasting, it disconnects us from the world. Now, honestly, in our culture, there's not a lot of talk about fasting unless you're like in, uh, you know, in, in some sort of health environment. You hear people talk about intermittent fasting more often now. But in church history, fasting from food or for something else has been a huge part of people's spiritual formation. Fasting, what it does is it disconnects us from God. What fasting is not, fasting is not punishing yourself. Fasting is not trying to gain approval of our Heavenly Father. Fasting is not, hey, I, I just wanna lose weight. Fasting, when it comes to a spiritual sense, is a way to say there's something I ought to be in control of, but what I found is it's actually controlling me. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna intentionally give up that thing for a season so that I can regain control over it. Does that make sense? Back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were given authority over everything. They were given dominion over everything. But when sin entered into the world, it's like they gave away their authority and the things they were supposed to control ended up controlling them. And that happens in our life. And so what fasting does is fasting helps us to say, I don't want this thing to rule me. I don't want this thing to be the thing that defines me. I want something more. And that's why I'm so excited about 2020 because again, I think 2019 was incredible, but I want something more. I believe that there's areas in my life that I've been too close to the world and too far away from God. And so I wanna be the kind of person that says, you know what, in 2020, if I don't do anything else, I wanna connect more with God and I wanna disconnect from the world. Are y'all tracking with me? I want more of God and less of this world. So why do we need a reset? Because we're faithless and twisted. How do we enter into a reset? Through prayer and fasting. The third piece, if you're a note taker this morning is, well, what do I do about it? What do I do now? What do I do now? Well, in 2020, starting next Sunday on January 5th, we are gonna introduce what we are calling 21 days of power. 21 days where we as a church family, for anybody that would say, I want more of God and less of this world, we're gonna invite you into 21 days of intentional emphasis on prayer because we wanna connect with God and 21 days of fasting because we want to disconnect from the world. 21 days that we would lean in and say, God, I wanna give you the first of the year, not the end of the year. I wanna give you the best of the year, not the tail end of the year. God, I wanna give you this first 21 days starting on January 5th all the way up through January 25th and to say, I want to connect more with God this year and I wanna disconnect from the world. 
And this is a model that you see even in scripture. In fact, if you wanna write down some of these verses, let me give them to you. Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 and 15, John's disciples came to Jesus and said, why don't your disciples fast like everybody else's, everybody else does? And Jesus says to them in verse 15, he says, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is there with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. So Jesus is saying, hey, while I'm on this earth, my disciples are gonna hang with me, but once I'm gone, while I'm gone, that's the season to fast. So Jesus says, hey, this is normal. This is something that you're to do. In fact, it says in Acts chapter 13, when the early church is starting to grow and they're about to send out their first missionaries to start other churches, it says in Acts chapter 13, verse two, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've called them. So the early church began to spread when? During a season of fasting. In fact, later in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, Paul's talking about the ministry that he's had. And he says, I've had ministry in toil and hardship. I've had ministry through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and fasting. So even Paul says later in the New Testament that fasting was part of his life. And so that's why we wanted to introduce that today, to give you a heads up. That as we start January 5th and we begin to say, we believe God has something more for us that we would be a people that for as many people would say, I wanna be part of that, that we would be a people that say, we're gonna pray and fast. Let me tell you why I think this is so important. I think you know this, but sometimes we forget it, that there's multi, uh, we're multifaceted people. The Bible says we're created in the image of God. And so we take on Characteristics. God's a triune God. He's three in one, three parts, but one God in a similar way. We're, we're more than just what we see with us. So all of us have three parts. We have a physical part of us, right? We have a physical part of us. That's what connects us to ourselves. That's, that's sort of who we present when people see us, but that's not all there is. We're not just bodies. Whereas this table, this table, all it has is physical. All it is is a table. It doesn't have anything else. But there's a second piece, not just physical, but also emotions. And so you and I, we're not just physical, we have uh, bodies plus emotions. So our bodies connect us to ourselves, our emotions connect us to other people. And so the table just has a body, our pets have bodies and emotions. They have two parts, right? And our, our dog, Ollie, who's a whopping 10 pounds, <laughs> Massive guard dog. Uh, he, he demonstrated this. Uh, we had family in town all week. We had an incredible week. But with all the people around, he was a little bit more nervous. So his emotions were all over the map. There were times that his tail was up and wagging. He's like, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. And then there was times where our baby nephew was crawling towards him and he was scared to death of, of a baby. So his tail was tucked under. He was demonstrating that he's got body and emotions. Now, some people have asked me over the years, uh, do dogs go to heaven? And honestly, I, I don't know the answer. I know the book of Revelation refers to uh, uh, horses being in heaven. I don't know, but here's what I do know is that cats certainly don't go to heaven. And so I just... <laughs> Email chuck at sugarhillchurch.com. But you're checking with me, right? So there's bodies... There's emotions, but the third piece that we have that nothing else in creation has 
is the spirit. We have a soul that's gonna last forever. And what I found in our lives that we've got bodies, emotions, souls, bodies, emotions, souls, what I found is typically one of the three is stronger than the other two in our lives. Especially when you come out of the holidays when our schedules are just blown up and our eating habits are just blown up and consumerism is all around us. Typically, the spiritual side of us is the weakest in that moment and everything else is blown up. And here's what happens when you start thinking about prayer and fasting. What fasting does is it addresses that first piece, the physical piece. What it does is it helps suppress or helps say, you know what, I'm not gonna let my appetites control me. And so it addresses that first piece. The prayer part of this 21 days addresses the spiritual or the soul piece of this. And what begins to happen is through fasting and prayer, God once again gets the priority in our life and those other two take a back seat. Are y'all tracking with me? This is why this is so important. And so let me give you some practical sort of things to think about over the next seven, seven days. The first one's this, is number one, that you would prepare for 21 days, that you prepare for it. The way that I'm preparing for it is I'm just saying, God, I'm gonna depend on you. I'm asking for forgiveness. God, would you forgive me for where I've drifted away from you and where I've gotten too close to the world? During this time, over these next seven days, it's this reminder, I need to refocus on what actually matters, not the temporary, but the eternal. Maybe for some of you, as you prepare this week, you you begin asking God, God, would you help me to get closer to you? God, would you help me to draw near to you? So that's the first sort of practical next step is over these next seven days, begin to prepare for this. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to determine the type of fast that you will be part of. There's more than one kind of fast. In fact, let me just sort of rattle these off to you, but I will tell you that we've created a simple little 21 days of power devotional for you that's available out in the store. All we're asking to do is to recoup our costs to get it printed. It's about five bucks to do that. But inside of that little handout that you can get starting even today, it gives you, it walks you through some of this. There's more than one kind of fast. There's a complete fast. Uh, In this kind of fast, you only drink liquids, typically water with light juices as an option. And so some people do this. It's just a complete fast. They just go all in. And I would just say, if you've never done this before, make Make sure that you're physically able to do that. Make sure your doctor's on board with that. That's an option, but it's not the only option. A second kind of fasting is what's called a selective fast. A few years ago, it seemed like everybody was talking about the Daniel fast. And in the Daniel fast, you pick a few things to get rid of. And so in that case, it's typically removing meat and sweets and bread from your diet and just consuming water and juice for fluids and fruits and veggies. And so that's an option to pick. Uh, selective, to pick something that you're gonna fast from. A few years ago, we had somebody on our team that decided to fast from caffeine and about 10 days into the fast, we're like, bro, you need some caffeine in your life. So I'm just saying, uh, (laughs) choose wisely and uh, choose with the people around you in mind. Another one is called a partial fast. In history, church historians have called this a Jewish fast. This would be abstaining from certain food, basically from sun up to sundown. So while the sun's up until the sun's down, you fast from something and then it's only in the evenings and early morning that you would take. Another one is called a soul fast. This is where you, you, you say, all right, Bobby, you talked about body, uh, emotions, and spirit. It's, it's like, all right, maybe, maybe the thing I need to, uh, to fast from is 
uh, man, I'm getting emotionally, I'm getting sucked into social media. And so I need to fast from that for 21 days. Or maybe it's, there's some toxic relationships I need to step away from, maybe not forever, but for those 21 days. Or maybe it's some TV, I, I don't know what that is for you, but there's more than one option, complete fast, selective fast, partial fast, soul fast. But this is part of getting prepared. So A, to begin to say, man, I wanna prepare myself. B, I would encourage you over these next seven days, pick a fast. And again, you can pick up the, the resource out in the store and then towards the end of this week, we'll post it online as well for those of you that want PDF versions of it. But we've got some resources we're gonna put your way. And then the third thing I would say to do to get prepared for this is to anticipate God to show up. Anticipate God to show up. In fact, if you wanna write down this passage, write down Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 is a chapter that's all about fasting. I wish I could read you the whole chapter. I can't in the next few moments, but in Isaiah 58 verses eight and nine, it sort of talks about what God does when he shows up. It says in verse eight of Isaiah 58, it says, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. So one of the things that God does whenever we posture ourselves to hear from us, is he, to hear from him, is he brings healing. He literally brings healing and restoration. And then he goes on to say, and your righteousness shall go before you. So not only does he bring healing, but he makes us more like him. He makes us more holy. He makes us look more like his son, Jesus. And then he says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, verse nine, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. So a third thing that happens is he answers your prayer. And so I wanna encourage you, even if you're skeptical, would you consider over these next seven days saying, is this something that God would have me to do? Is it, could it be that I need a hard reset in my life where I'm too close to the world and too far away from God? And could it be that God wants to use these 21 days of prayer and fasting to help hit the reset on your life? See, I believe just like the disciples, that God places a certain amount of faith inside of us. Not all of our faith is probably at the same level, but man, I believe everybody's got some level of faith in their life. If we're not careful, what begins to happen is life happens to us. Right? That faith that used to be strong and that faith that was there, sometimes life happens where, where, man, something unexpected at work happens and boom, some of that faith is gone. Or maybe there's some health issue that happens and somewhere along the way that health issue happened that you didn't see coming and boom, some of that faith is gone. Or maybe it was just on your way to church this morning and you were on PIB and that guy pulled out and pulled you over and you got a ticket and maybe it was some relationship that in 2019 took a turn for the worse and some of that faith is gone. Sometimes it's not what happened to us that's the problem. Sometimes it's choices that we've made, places we've gone, Decisions, things that we stay tied up to. And before we know it, where there used to be faith, we're empty. And I love what Jesus says to them. He doesn't say, well, if you had a full jar of faith again, then you'd be able to do this. He doesn't say, oh, you gotta figure out all of the answers and fill this up yourself. 
Instead, Jesus just says, if you had faith, not a lot of faith, but even faith as small as a mustard seed. I don't know how many this morning would join me in saying, man, I don't have a full jar. Maybe it's not completely empty, but I do need to be a person that takes what little faith I have and allow God to plant it in my soul and allow him to water it through prayer, guard it from the weeds of life through fasting, and allow him to cause it to flourish in my soul. In just a moment, I wanna pray for us, and then after I pray, we're gonna stand, and Pastor Zach's gonna lead us just for a moment. And all across the front of this altar today, I wanna invite you, if this is you, if you're ready for a reset, if you're ready to say, man, I want 2020 to be different, I'm gonna invite you to come up and during that song, just pick up one of these little jars that has a single mustard seed and that God would allow this to be a visual, to be a picture to say, you don't have to have it all figured out yourself. You don't have to try to manufacture it yourself. You just need to take what you have and allow God to grow it. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Would you very quietly and reverently stand to your feet and this morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I would love just to pray for us this morning and to pray for what God's doing in this place this morning. Is there anybody this morning that would just say, Bobby, as you pray, pray for me. I feel like I'm like the disciples in this passage. I feel like I'm too close to this world and yet I'm too far from God. And you just say, Bobby, would you pray for me? Would you pray that God would cause there to be a reset in my soul? a reset in my life. If that's you and you'd allow me to pray for you this morning, would you just slip your hand up straight up in the air, straight up in the air. Bobby, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah. As I pray, maybe you wanna pray this part of the prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you don't just show us the problem, but that you give us the solution. God, I pray that you'd help my faith to grow. And God, over this week, would you help me to show, to know where I've been too close to this world and too far from you. As we continue praying, maybe for you, uh, you've never trusted Christ. Maybe for you, that faith doesn't even exist yet, but you know that it needs to. If that's you, I'd invite you to pray this part of the prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know that you're real. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins but I believe you're alive today. And as best as I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me. Would you help me to live for you? In just a moment, I'm gonna finish praying. As soon as I finish praying, Pastor Zach's gonna lead us in this hymn. And as he leads us, man, I would invite you to use these moments to come and to grab one of these jars just that little seed. It's not the amount of faith, it's the existence of the faith. It's not a full jar, it's that there's anything there at all. And allow this to be a moment that either you pick it up and return to your seat, or maybe some of you just wanna kneel at this altar and say, Jesus, would you show up in my life this year? Would you help me to be closer to you? Heavenly Father, over these next minutes, I pray that you'd work in our hearts, help us to connect to you and disconnect from this world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. As Zach begins to lead us, I invite you to come. Just takes one person to break the ice. The, the jars are all across the front. As Zach leads us, would you come and grab one of these? place that we can be honest and say, God, I need a reset. I love that we're in this position. There's something about wrapping up a decade and stepping into the next one saying, God, I want more of you and less of me. God, I want to be closer to you than I've ever been before. God, I'm tired of the same old habits and things I've been fighting with. God, I want to give it all to you. So I want to encourage you, over these next seven days, would you consider taking this little jar with that little seed and saying, God, whatever faith I have, a lot or a little, whether I feel really close to you or completely far away, God, I believe 
that you still have something more. For some of you, maybe it's to fight harder for your marriage. For others of you, maybe it's to fuel your faith even stronger. For others of you, maybe it's to begin to live out the ways and the teachings of Jesus in a way that's real and personable. Maybe for others of you, it's, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna share my faith with the people around me. Maybe for others, it's to go to somebody and say, hey, I'm sorry. Maybe it's for others to say, God, I've gotten off track. I don't know what that is, but I believe that if we're not dead, then God's not done with us. And it'll take what little faith we have and he'd move mountains. Can I pray for us this morning as we wrap up 2019? Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the image of a little faith. God, I pray that you would take what little faith we have, that you'd plant it in our souls, that you'd help us to die to ourselves and be alive in you and help our faith to grow this year. Help us to trust you. Help us to live for you. Help us to share you. Help us to become more like Jesus. God, we give this day to you. We thank you for incredible 2019. And God, we're ready for 2020. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great rest of the year. Again, be sure to swing by the store and grab one of our 21 days of power handouts if that would be helpful to you guided prayer, guided ways to jump into fasting, but we love you guys and we'll see you back here very soon. Have a great day.